From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Little change today for U.S. equities. The S&P 500 index ending the session just about where it began the day at 2170. Dow Industrials did manage to wipe out a 105-point loss. Technology shares advanced. The Dow climbed 18 points, up one-tenth of one percent. Nasdaq up 13, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Gold up 5.70 the ounce to 13.13, a gain of four-tenths of one percent. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate Crude, down 2.7%, dropping $1.20 a barrel to 43.50 on West Texas Intermediate Crude. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Live at the U.S. Open here in Flushing Meadow, Corona Park, Queens, uh, the tennis center celebrating the very successful use of its retractable roof, something that the USTA worked on for many years, raised financing, raised money, had to get all kinds of special engineering. Rafa Nadal won his uh, first match of anybody out here under center court last night, and it's been a very exciting event. But it, it's all, it is so much about, it's not just the love of the sport, it's about the business, the money, so much that goes on here. Chris Russo is back. He's managing director in the tech media telecom group at Hulahan Loki. So Chris, welcome, first of all. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, I want to start right into this question of TV revenues. You know, tennis can kind of ebb and flow, and if you don't, ha- you know, if uh, Roger Federer's out for injuries, people are wondering about Rafa Nadal, he's playing well so far. How does that affect TV revenues? Yeah, well, the, the good news for the U.S. Open is last year they signed an 11-year deal with ESPN for over $800 million. So that TV revenue is really set for a long time to come. Obviously, you'd rather have higher ratings than lower ratings, but I think the U.S. Open and really all the other major tennis championships are on very solid ground. In terms of TV, uh, how about sponsorships? There's, you know, some we, we're right by the Heineken building. You know, uh, there's so many that are, are perennial now. Are they are they still having to to uh, bid up to be here? It's it's a good market right now in terms of uh, sports properties like the U.S. Open securing sponsors, especially because the U.S. Open has such a great demographic, a great audience, above average income. Uh, education, etc. So you've got the IBMs of the world, you've got American Express, J.P. Morgan Chase, and many others really eager to get in front of this audience and, and share information about their products. How about ticket sales? Ticket sales, again, numbers have not been released for this year, but they seem to be going very strong. And I believe the number was more than $100 million in ticket sales last year. So it really is a popular event and, and really, you know, an exciting part of New York City in, in the fall. Well, uh, let's take a look at 
Serena Williams brand, you know, it seems it's already so huge, you know, in so many ways, right? Uh, Such a champion. But this is her quest to tie Steffi Graf's all-time Grand Slam record. And, uh, you know, this this is a big deal. But how does it affect, you know, winnings, endorsement deals, all of that? In in an interesting way, Serena is already doing so well. I don't know if one more championship necessarily is going to make a huge difference on her earnings overall. But this past year, she was the highest-paid female athlete. She made almost $30 million, including both on the court and off the court uh, monies. She's doing phenomenally well on the court right now. It would be exciting to see her win the 23rd. But she already has great sponsorship deals with Nike and Gatorade, J.P. Morgan and others. So she's doing quite well, and I think that will continue. Do you think part of her appeal is that she doesn't just get out there? She's not a machine. I mean, she is. She's powerful. But still, she's had her up. She's had her down. She can go to a Grand Slam and get blown out, right, and then just come right back. And, you know, what, 30 years plus, and she's still playing so hard with such determination. Well, she certainly is a fan favorite for those reasons. She also interacts and engages with fans on Twitter and social media. She's got over, I think, 6 million followers on Twitter alone. So I think she's very uh, available and communicates, and, and I think fans really love her. Speaking of social media, how about technology? Uh, earlier today, we were speaking with Danny Zausner, who's the COO for the USTA, and uh, he was talking a lot about the, the you know, the, the various things you can do, like sit in your seat now and have your picture taken. They have a 30, because there's cameras all over. That is so cool. Uh, how important is, is that? And what are some of the innovations you're focused on this year? Well, I think there's interesting innovations happening at the venue, like the one you just mentioned. I believe uh, IBM Watson also has a feature where you can recognize celebrities in the crowd by using an app. That's kind of fun. There's other things, questions you can ask to the app. Where do I get the subway? Where can I find a hot dog? And really, in real time, you're getting those answers. But I think more broadly, what's great about this event is there are more and more cameras covering more and more matches. So fans all over the world via streaming can see hundreds and hundreds of hours of tennis. ESPN alone is is streaming more than 1,300 hours this year, which I think is fabulous. Do you think of the people who are tennis fans that the appetite has increased? Because, it, I mean, I don't know, do you, or do you, and do you see for people who aren't so interested, is there any growth there? I believe what technology does is it lets fans see what they want to see in even greater depth. A lot more of the content is being geared toward your favorite player, so you can watch more of the matches that your player is involved in, even if that player is not necessarily a top ten player. You're served more content around your favorite player. So I think the personalization piece is really helping drive engagement, both in terms of avid fans and more casual fans. And... uh Instant Replay, they've had it for a while. Has it improved this year? Yeah, Instant Replay is great. I think it helps in terms of of the scoring and and keeping the game, uh, at least uh, people feeling like the calls are fair. But I think that's been around for a while. I actually don't think Instant Replay is the biggest innovation. I I think more of the the streaming and the making this content available internationally is is really more impactful. Are you a big tennis fan yourself? I am a tennis fan. Who are you picking this year on the men's side? You know, I'm going to go with with Murray. he's, He's hot. He's had a good couple of months here, and he's striving to be number one. Uh, I just actually watched him uh, under the roof, and, and, yeah. and that was fun. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good uh, good U.S. Open. Can anybody beat Serena? I don't think so. I think she's really on top of her game, and I think it's it's kind of her tournament. 
Well, Chris Russo, you're always on top of your game. Thanks for joining us. He's managing director in the Tech Media Telecom Group at Coolahan Loki, a consulting firm for everyone involved in sports. And just one programming note for tomorrow. Join us tomorrow for a rare and exclusive interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. He's speaking with Bloomberg Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite. will bring you portions of their conversation all throughout the day on Bloomberg TV and radio and taking stock. And Bloomberg Advantage, back here at the U.S. Open tomorrow. Same thing, talking the business of tennis, talking the markets. Sam Lang is my producer here at the Open Well, every day. Charlie Vollmer, our field producer, Reggie Bazil, back in our New York studio, our technical director. Thanks to everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you soon. I'm Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg. Coming up, Bloomberg Law. Legal expert June Grasso looking at the top legal stories of the day, business angles and all. This is Bloomberg Radio. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.